Welcome to We Bought a Mic, a special bonus episode here talking WandaVision. Just dropped all nine episodes all out on Disney Plus. I'm Ernest. I am. And what is grief but love persevering, Hunter? And I'm Drew. <laughs> That's your Drew impression. That's a yeah. I'm Drew. That's that's a Daniel Plainview voice. That's some, <laughs> there will be blood. Shit. That's not joining us from a TV screen. He's black and white. Oh no, he's going color. Oh no, he's Brett Vision. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do another take of that, or are we yeah. gonna keep that? Okay. <laughs> Brett's back. What's up? How's it back. going? What's up? What's up, guys? I'm here at the table electronically. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you are a projection of our grief mm-hmm. sitting right in front right. of us. Right. I'm actually We're dealing with with the loss of you. And we've created you from our extreme uh, inner powers uh, manifested right in front of us in beautiful um hd rendering beautiful what so, is this 480p <laughs> so who knew it would be so fitting me leaving hit you so hard like i died yeah and we use the power of technology to manifest me back to what many, many people are saying that we bought a mic is the most powerful of podcasts that we can just create guests out yeah. of whole cloth. Yeah. Why do, why do I feel like this is the second episode where it starts with you guys talking about me like I'm a ghost, <laughs> like being manifested back? I'm sure that happened before. Well, last time, last time you were here, you were a ghost that we encountered in in the caves as our the the remains of the fellowship uh, wandered <laughs> in right to seek help for the final battle that that right. was that was the time when you were an actual ghost and that's why we're here talking about the hobbit today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the battle of the five wandas <laughs> the five visions one of them's white um so wandavision uh guys we didn't have an mcu thing for what 18 months when did far from home come out yeah july of 2019 jeez so what 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 a time we were so young so that was so naive that was july 2019 when was endgame it was like late april yeah late april may it was like the last couple Mm -hmm. days of april beginning of may two years ago was when the end was when endgame dropped and we had you on for that that was that was a great time so then we had Spider-Man just kind of like as the tears are wiping away from phase three, right? You know, mm-hmm. they gave us that little bit of extra 
And then the world kind of went poopy, you know? I I mean, I wonder what those meetings were like with Feige, you know, when they're like, what are we going to do here? Because like he has this whole vision for for what this, he has this whole WandaVision for what he wants to do. So it must've kind of shit on that. And this is supposed to be a big year. It, well, it is, I feel like part of this did kind of work out for the, like if the pandemic would have hit in between infinity war and Endgame, it would have sucked a lot more, but even oh, still, that would have been the cataclysmic gap, the gap right, between right. far from home and, um, uh, black widow was going to be the longest gap between any MCU movie since they released. So that gap just got extended, mm-hmm. but I mean, for a lot of people, including me, gave me a break from the MCU. It was a much much needed break. Yeah, it was a nice, nice break. I think 2020 overall um, fared uh, better in terms of movies because we weren't kind of drawn to the relentless conversation around big IP and the MCU. We got to like take a breather and focus on smaller movies like uh, Trolls World Tour. (laughs) Tom and Jerry. Well, that was 2021, yeah. but it's on the mind. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, not having the MCU for a while kind of like got us a chance to to recalibrate and, and, and tweak what our expectations are going into phase four. And, um, you know, this wasn't intended to be the beginning of phase four. It was I don't, Black Widow. I, I would disagree when it comes to the expectations, I don't think my, I think purposely I maintained my expectations because I didn't, I wouldn't want it to be any different. You know, I would expect them to pull it off no matter what, especially because like you said, if the gap was between like infinity war and end game, it would be a different story. That could have been cataclysmic, like you said, but since the gap is where was where it was, it's pretty easy to come back from that. Yeah. And yeah, I think, but- I think if, if Marvel ultimately quote, like fails, you know, if this phase doesn't work like they want it to, I don't think it's because of the pandemic. Yes. That's a great point. I, and, and also, you know, like, like I was saying, like the, the order has shifted, right? This wasn't meant to be our introduction to phase four. Right. Right. Black widow was supposed to be first. We were also supposed to get eternals. Um, and we were supposed to get uh Falcon and the winter Sol- soldier. So this was probably like at least third or fourth down the line um, of the phase. And now it's opening the phase. It's our first foray into here. So it wasn't part of the original plan, but I think it's kind of serendipitous that it worked out that way because of theaters being shut down and, 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 and everything just kind of folding into streaming. And Disney says that Black Widow and 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 Eternals and all these big, big movies are not going straight to Disney Plus. But in a post-COVID world, like, you know, never, never say never. Like uh uh Mission Impossible and and Quiet Place Part Two are going to Paramount Plus only a month and a half after debuting in theaters. So that uh buffer time is disappearing quickly you know hbo max is putting out their movies same day as theaters for all these warner brothers 2021 releases isn't that what happened with dvds as well you know there's a long time i remember when we were younger it was a while before a dvd would come Mm -hmm. out and then it it, yeah and then it shifted where yeah like a month later the dvd was out 
Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then with, well, with video on demand, right. Not right. even DVDs once like video on demand became synonymous, then it was like, there was no reason why the movie shouldn't be available. Like two months after theaters, three months after theaters, you know, depending on how it fared um, at the box office. But, you know, this show being the beginning of phase four, I think on a, on a meta level, it kind of works for what we're going to be seeing moving forward because they're, they were telling an interconnected story in the movies and now they're telling an interconnected uh, story on Disney plus, and it's, right. it's not going to be separate. It's going to be all the same. We're going to be flipping back and forth between the movies and the Disney plus shows. And the, it's all going to have the same uh, creative uh, push behind it, you know? And I think this, you know, we'll, we'll get into it, but I think this show uh, does have its problems and its missteps, but it doesn't feel like it's outside of the MCU, right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't feel like, Oh, this is a TV show. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to knock everything down a peg yeah, yeah. in terms of like the, the budget and, and the, you know, all of the all of the work and effort that's put into these things um at least for me personally it ends up being a little bit like mid-tier mcu maybe like mid to low tier mcu just because of like how some of the things uh plot wise and whatnot play out in the latter half of the last couple episodes um but there's so much in here that is going for the fucking fences like they are making such big swings, especially early on, um, that make it something that feels wholly unique and and kind of like pushing the boundaries of what we've seen from the MCU thus far. Yeah. So, um, Brent, what are what are what were your thoughts on WandaVision? In general, I mean, I was really really looking forward to this, especially when it everything evolved to the point where this was the introduction to phase four. Um, and overall I did like it, but I did struggle a little bit in my head of like, you know, is it as good as I'm thinking it is, or is it just, am I being clouded by the fact that I'm a big like MCU fan and I get really behind the theory crafting. So I think it's kind of right at the line where the theory crafting was more fun than the actual show. I definitely fell into that bucket where I'm taking into consideration the things that are happening in the comics, what I already knew about some of the characters that are linked to Wanda, that are linked to Vision, and what could have happened, which made the beginning of the show so, so fun for me. When you yes. just have almost no information for like a sort of unraveling mystery that this is. And it's week to week too, right? Like I think that plays into the fun of it. It's not, it's not like you walk into a movie theater and then two and a half hours you walk out and you got your whole story. It's not you binge the show in 48 hours, right? It's every Friday. And for me, it was almost like a ritual, like make my coffee in the morning, sit down on the couch, fire up WandaVision. And it's that excitement every week of you know, seeing the the MCU Marvel logo and not knowing like what's going to happen next. It's it's there's this sizzle to it. And to that point about like week to week appointment viewing, there's a reason why so many people are talking about the show, because I mean, think about whenever just some big Netflix property 
pops like even the last season of stranger things stranger things is probably the biggest tv show i know it's not technically the most watched tv show but for the most part it's like everybody will watch stranger things who has a buzz description it's buzzy yeah but the buzz lasts for like a week and a half and then people move on to the next thing because people all finish it at like the same time and then they're like okay let's all have a discussion about it and then everybody just moves on with their life but and it's a scattered discussion, you know? Yeah, because it's also just like, oh, well, I've only seen four episodes. So oh, I, I won't say this plot point yet because you haven't gotten there yet. So I think that doing the week to week rollout, I mean, this shows that it, that's still an effective format. And that because I personally don't really love binging things, really. Um, it depends. I've been on a binge of Attack on Titan right now, which is an incredible show. But also now I'm just happy that I can watch it week to week. Um, but it's funny. WandaVision, like I'm kind of of two minds of this show in particular. On one hand, I think that the genre exploration and exploring what it is to lose someone that you love, really tapping into that theme of grief on television, I found to be really compelling and really worked on me. On the yeah. flip side, though. I think that I just like my brain turned off whenever Marvel shit started happening, which is unfortunately, as the series goes on, it moves away from those cool um, genre breaking MCU breaking things that they were trying to do with the show. And it just kind of becomes a lot of CGI noise. Um, and it kind of the last two episodes in particular, we'll get to it whenever we get to a little bit spoiler area but it just didn't really work for me because i thought that the show started off so strong and even in the middle part i really was digging it i was along for the ride and then by the end of it i was like i was whelmed that's what i'll say about the show i wasn't overwhelmed i wasn't underwhelmed i was just whelmed i was satisfied but i wasn't inspired go ahead brett yeah no i think i i I agree with some of the stuff he said, but I definitely disagree on a few levels. And I do, I'm sure we'll get a little bit more in, more into it when it comes to spoilers. I think tying back to something that Ernie said about budget and effects, I think the effects were really amazing. There's a couple like standout episodes slash sequences that really work with the effects. You know, they put a lot of effort into it. They put a, they threw a lot of money at it. Mm -hmm. I do think that what resonates after the fact is the character drama aspect and how surprisingly well that hit for me, um, you know, when it comes to grief. Um, and you're right, the, the whole thing about the, the genre bending is, is really key in the beginning of the show. And it's so fun to watch. Kind of messes with your expectations a little bit, gives you a little bit of member berries, but like spits on them first before they feed them to you <laughs> in, a, in a really fun way. It's funny that the member berries are just within the own contained story that they've already been telling, right? Yeah. They're not, they're not back to, you know, any, anything other than what's been established in the MCU. Oh, aside from a couple, a couple hey, of member berries for, I love Lucy. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's yes. what I mean. That's, that's what okay. I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Fair. Yes. Fair point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were alluding more to the, time back to like age of Ultron stuff, but yeah, yeah. I think honestly, I think that that's one of the biggest merits of the show is how it manages to replicate these uh, sitcom styles. I don't think that it does anything more beyond replicating them. 
Like I, I didn't feel like it, it, it did anything like profound with that, but the show still managed to get profound because of the, the characters and the story that they're trying to tell with the, the core duo of Wanda and vision. I think that right. this, this show, I put this in our, in our chat, but I basically said that the, the, when you put the runtime of all of these episodes together, the total is basically about the same as two movies worth of story. Um, and to me, that's a funny kind of place to end up because you end up with, uh, in my take, two movies. One is very conventional, down the middle, generic MCU Marvel that we've had 20 plus movies of that we're used to. And the other is this extremely weird and boundary pushing and profound exploration of grief. And it's unlike anything the MCU has done before. And like you were getting at, it um it makes us care about these two characters about Wanda and Vision who were like footnotes mm-hmm. in the adventures of of the of the Avengers you know with with Cap and Thor and the Guardians and Iron Man taking center stage uh, these two characters were relegated to like the sidelines of the sidelines and that's I think that that's part of Feige's genius in this whole project and even though like I didn't end up being super hot on the show, I still have the utmost faith in this guy because he managed to, to, to double down on the whole thing and be like, we're just going to take these, the, to pull from our bench, from our roster of established characters. And we're going to get you to care about them. And I cared about them. There's there's some issues that I have of how it played out um, and, and some of the details. But by the end, I bought that they were in love and that they care about each other and that she genuinely feels this deep, deep sadness and grief and sense of loss. I bought it. And that's in the performances and that's in the writing and that's in like the overall like execution of this entire thing, because you can't really go into WandaVision without watching previous MCU mm-hmm. movies. I mean, that's, I guess you could, that's an but interesting, we're beyond that. It would be really interesting. I haven't really done it, which is to talk to somebody who watched WandaVision having not been into the MCU, because I suspect there's quite, quite a chunk of people who did that. I'm you know, sure. Like, that kind of like caught wind of WandaVision and decided they were just going to watch it and probably really enjoyed it. I would assume. I mean, there is Disney plus is very wise that whenever you finish up an episode of WandaVision, it immediately is just like, do you want to watch Avengers age of Ultron? Which I (laughs) feel bad for anybody. If that's your first MCU movie that you watch, like it gets better from there. I promise. Um, I did have, well, a couple of things to what you were saying, Ernest. Um, One, the best the biggest uh, thing that the show did was that it let Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, who are two incredible actor, two incredible actors actually act, Yep, which is uh, great. And I love to see that. Like they were able to show off so much more than they ever get as just these fucking nothing roles in all these MCU movies. But Brett, I know that you uh, said, cause you talked about kind of your theorizing that you were doing in between episodes 
Ernest, did you also like dive in on er- internet discourse and stuff like that? So I, I have a take on this and, and, you know, this is, I wish that we could just watch the show by itself. Nope. And not engage in this meta narrative of looking at casting news or uh, theorizing um, it to not only theorizing, but theorizing to the extent that like the Reddit brain of it all theorizes. Okay. I have where they it's, overanalyze. It's Mandalorian to season two broke everybody's brain. And now everybody wants them to just be like forced. That's definitely things part that of they it. remember. Well, that's, that's definitely part of it. The, the appearance of Luke Skywalker at the end of Mando did make the man babies uh, feel like that was storytelling, like having a massive character reveal at the last minute was a uh, substitute for an actual like emotional payoff. The real emotional payoff of that scene in Mandalorian is Mando saying goodbye to baby Yoda and the tears that are streaming down his face as he says goodbye to baby Yoda. But that is completely sidelined by the man babies creaming their pants because they get to see Luke Skywalker be a badass and not a sad, grumpy old man. But that aside, because that's not the show we're talking about, when it comes to the the theorizing in, in WandaVision, there was an entire online push that revolved around a big character reveal. And that's what so many people were hoping for and what so many people set themselves up to be disappointed by when the show didn't have Mephisto and didn't have Reed Richards and didn't have these like, uh, or even like Stephen Strange, like some of them we've seen already established in the, in the overall story. But like, that's not storytelling. Mm. You can't just expect the episode to give you this big surprise character reveal and think that because it didn't, that it was disappointing. That is insane. People need to fucking relax and calm down when it comes to these things, because it's, it's, it, you're ruining the show for yourself. If you're watching it that way. I don't, I don't think that like for me, the show wasn't ruined because I was theory crafting, but you cannot to, to say that like, watch this show without like doing any theory crafting is, isn't really fair because I really don't want to get into spoilers, but they literally, there's a huge mind fuck moment in this show that fucked my mind. Like you have yes. to theorize they, they like dangled a carrot for yeah. us, a huge carrot and then fucked my asshole with that carrot. <laughs> it's a dick joke. <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. dick joke. Um, <laughs> no, I, so I asked that question. That's fair. That's totally fair. I asked that question because I actively did not really participate in the internet discourse for the show, partially because of Mandalorian two. I was just like, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to, this is like a, a part of Twitter that I don't want to go down. I'll just look at it's other borderline nice toxic at um, a certain point. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and then also part of that was like, I saw people on like episode three, like an episode that I really liked the first three episodes and people were just like, but how is the fantastic four going to connect into this story? And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm not even, I, I don't want to look at this anymore. Like I don't, I don't care. I'm just going to enjoy this week to week. I'm, I don't sit there and like theory craft in the middle of an MCU movie. I just kind of let it, 
wash over me. And that's how I tried to treat this shit. But that's, but it's not, harder. that's not how the week to week formula it's, works. It's not, it's not. I mean, you're right. Like I did theory crafting on my own, but I didn't actively go on Reddit boards to try and let figure me, out what's happening. Let me, let me clarify something. I don't want to say that it's bad to theory craft. I think it's, it's actually, it can actually be um, constructive to the enjoyment of the show to theory craft because the people at Marvel at Feige and his team they they know what they're doing. Like they are very, very, very smart when it comes to this stuff. And they know that people are going to theory craft. So they're playing into it and they're creating um, little red herrings and, and, and they're crafting yes. like some sort of labyrinth to like keep people engaged and keep the conversation going and like draw more attention to the show. Um, so I, I don't think that it's inherently bad because it adds to the, it adds another layer of enjoyment in between episodes and you get excited for the next one as the, the week rolls around. What I'm saying is that it's bad to let that hinder your enjoy to get it to the point where you don't enjoy the show. And when you think that the show is bad or it has like disappointed you in some way because your expect your crazy expectations were not met which is what i saw way 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 too many people online doing yeah um i don't want to sound too negative on this show i don't want to come across as too negative on the show because i did still really enjoy the show i like this season more than season two of mandalorian definitely because it didn't have as much of that like we have to appease the fans. Here's your like fucking fodder that you asked for to eat. You sl you swine. Um, <laughs> but like, I, uh, I still enjoyed this because it had people acting um, as much as love, love Manda, love baby Yoda. Uh, he is just wearing a mask. So there is less acting involved, but I, they're very different shows. So it's hard to compare them. It's just, that's the, point because those are the two prestige shows that disney plus disney has put yeah. out so far yeah the only other point i had on that is um you know i think that marvel's their marvel's fine like we can we can <laughs> we can not like the show like if it, i i like the show i'm just saying that like are, <laughs> like, are you um, saying that kevin feige isn't going through looking for negative <laughs> reviews and is just like no 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 he's, he's pulling like a michael jordan like i took that personally <laughs> that no because i i these heard fuck um, holes in orlando florida don't like my my tv show fucking uh the watch boys andy greenwald and, and chris ryan they had an episode where they were like super down on the show and then they had an apology episode after that be, to, to apologize for being too harsh on the show. It's like, buddy, I don't know what the big boys at Spotify are telling you about how you need to treat their Disney overlords or whatever, but they're fine. Like, you don't need to defend Marvel. They're going to yeah. be fine. <laughs> I was I watch. Um, it's called I think it's called like new rock stars or new media rock stars on YouTube. Are you guys familiar with that YouTube channel? No, they react to this stuff. They have this one guy, his name is Eric Voss and he does a lot of the theory crafting, but he doesn't like let it get bogged down. And he also admits when his like theory, like wasn't mm -hmm. accurate. So there was, I definitely had some expectations. Now this is kind of going back again to Ernie, what you were saying about the MCU timeline and what does it mean that things have shifted around? 
And I didn't even think of it until now of the fact that since this was the opening to phase four, I just had expectations of there being more bombshells, you know, to really open up the phase. But that wasn't in the cards to begin with. This was just more of its own isolated thing. And I, yeah, or not or not. I, I, I think, again, that's part of the genius of, of Feige is that there are things here that can it can go both ways, mm-hmm. right? Like they they have a way of making it so if they choose to explore a certain through line for the phase, they can. They they have that option now or not. They're not committed to it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm anxious to get to that. So like Yeah, that's something that we'll we get into get spoilers cuz especially at the end of the season there's a couple things where it's like, "Oh, well this is going to lead into X Y or Z." But I, and that's one thing I was kind of glad about. Cause I mean, we just didn't know we hadn't seen the MCU show before. And of course, Mandalorian is set before any of the new star Wars movies. So it's like, okay, is this just like, we have movies over here and TV over here. And like, maybe it's like the, um, uh, agents of shield where mm-hmm. it's like, they interact, but like very peripherally, like on the edges. No, this, yeah. this, much the this same. seems more like true, like supplementary material. Yes. I'm sure that you could watch whatever Dr. Strange and uh, the multiverse of madness without seeing WandaVision. And if something connects to that story, then you'll be able to put the pieces together because they're they're not going to like leave people out in the fucking. Dark. But you'll be heavily rewarded, but you'll be rewarded yeah. the more of this that you ingest, the more MCU that you shoot into your veins, the more. you <laughs> Right. We, we do have like in the MCU, you have these big nodes of like really important parts of the story, like Infinity War, like Endgame are these huge nodes. And then you have like the little tendrils that connect to the nodes. And this is one of those tendrils yeah. and it's really self-contained. You know, you have your antagonists, blah, 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 spoilers, whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into spoilers. So um, before we do, I just, I just want to clarify, like people, people can enjoy things. It's okay to enjoy things. Like it's all right. If people, if, if th- that's one of the things that like, you know, uh, gets, uh, forgotten a lot of times in, uh, internet discourse. And we saw this time and time again with star Wars and it's starting to like creep itself a lot into Marvel now. Um, it's okay to, it's okay to like things. You can let people like things and you can also not like things and let people not like things too. It doesn't have to be like this war, um, between like, Oh, it was the greatest show ever. And you're not allowed to think it wasn't, or that was a piece of garbage and you're an idiot for not thinking it was like, let's calm down people. It's, it's okay. It's just, a, it's just, a, it's just, an that's, MCU show. that's the kind it's of, dis- right. <laughs> that's the sort of disclaimer you need for people who listen to podcasts because otherwise <laughs> everybody else, it really doesn't matter. They're going to do their own thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so I, I like the show. Um, I enjoyed it. I had a great time watching it week to week. I always look forward to um, every episode and I'm excited to see what the MCU does next. So um, let's dive into a little bit of um, episode by episode breakdown with full spoilers. So I'm sure um, you've seen it by now, but if you're still catching up or you haven't dove into it it's all on disney plus right now all nine episodes wandavision spoilers right now
we got two episodes at once from the jump episode one and episode two um which are the two black and white episodes and right off the bat i was like really surprised that they were both like 30 minutes long even less so because the credits are so extended so they they just went by so quick you know i watched them both in in less than an hour and these are the ones that really harp on the homages to the dick van dyke show and bewitched uh and these like you know or i love lucy like Mm -hmm. early era television shows that establish like what the sitcom would be um in the 20th century and like kind of laid the groundwork for that um and right off the bat like you know i wasn't amazed but I was definitely like intrigued because obviously this is something we've never seen in the MCU before this kind of approach. Um, and I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was great. And especially kind of, you know, thinking about how, what, how the show evolves and what it becomes thinking back, I really appreciate these first two episodes because they're so kind of small and extremely committed to the bit. You know, there's tiny little moments that hint at the larger picture. But for the most part, these are just two straight up sitcom episodes. Yeah, that I love how that that first episode, you're watching it in your eyes. You know, you got like wide eyes and you're like, what's going on? (laughs) What's going to happen? So that's like that's the distinction between the theory crafting that Ernie was talking about before. So you have the people on the Internet talking about, oh, where's Mephisto, this and that. But then there's just the theory crafting of watching this show and trying to rationalize in your head what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. But I will say it's really easy for that to just shift into the bigger stuff, you know, because by yeah, in that first episode, you're asking, you know, what what's going on that's weird here? Like, what is this pocket reality? And you're also saying, well, shit, you know, what caused what trauma caused Wanda to end up in this moment, you know, what, what the hell is going on? Which are the right questions to ask. Yes. yes. And I, and I think that, um, I mean, who am I to tell people how to watch things and how to enjoy things? But if you are watching this show and you are asking those questions, which are the right questions, because it's a setup that's going to be paid off and you think, Oh, well, I already knew that from the first episode. So why isn't something else happening? Because I already knew that from the initial setup. It's like, dude, you're just, just describing show, you're just man. describing storytelling. Like <laughs> the, a setup gets a payoff and that's what that's how storytelling works. Like I'm sorry, like there doesn't have to be this giant reveal and it's okay to understand that from the very very beginning we're expecting the payoff to be some sort of manipulated reality that comes from the grief and the trauma and the loss. Like it's okay to, to, to see that coming and to not have it be a twist. Right. Yeah. But I will say episode one has uh, one of the biggest unanswered questions of the entire series, which is what happened to Fred Melamed? Cy Abelman. What happened to fucking Cy Abelman? <laughs> he was there. He's fucking great as just the boss who comes over for, for dinner with the family. Maybe, and then we yeah. just don't ever see him again. Andy. Maybe he really died. 
<laughs> yeah, he was like choking on like a piece of chicken. That's I that love like that great scene episode. so much. They're just like sitting there, like staring at him while it's happening. Yeah, and then Wanda that's, like just stares a vision. She's like, "Vision, help you, him. You need to help him." That and that's like it's, one of the first moments where like the illusion is sort of like broken, and we get mm. like a peek at the Wanda that we know from the movies. Yeah, yeah. that's a really it's. That that first episode is really great that we only get one little tidbit and it's and it's quite jarring because, you know, someone's life is on the line. Yeah, it's I mean, it's upsetting. Some people have uh, called parts of the show Lynchian and I won't go that far, um, but it's like it's like uh, it's like the the most like one percent diluted. It's, it's yeah. skin it's, milk. Lynch. Well, it's yeah, it's like Matt Shackman took the Lynch vaccine and he didn't make the antibodies to fight it off so he had it's, just like this little tiny piece yeah he he only got the first shot it's yeah, babies it's yet. baby's first lynch <laughs> yeah <I get> <laughs> um baby's first lynching but <laughs> that and i mean because i think one and two because they were released at the same time uh like because i mean episode two also it has the the red plane that you see and then also the beekeeper at the end so like those are just kind of i might even be like mixing up some of the memories in my head just because they were released at the same time but also like i liked where the show was really going from the start because it reminded me of the things that i liked about mandalorian whenever it works its best when it's just like this is just like an adventure of the week like right. that's and it was just like this is a confined sitcom episode like episode two it's just like this is the talent show episode and it was really Flourish. funny yeah it was just like really funny you got to see paul bettany just like try like drunk drunk there. off of gum yeah very <laughs> like gum. but like was so it funny. was like bad acting but it was 1950s bad acting like so it was specific. like it was very specific and i i fucking loved i i loved everything that was happening yeah I, I would say I, I I do love that, but I disagree that it matches that Mandalorian style because that style is really distinct. And I love that, you know, when I watch Mandalorian, I get like those Samurai Jack vibes of like, yeah. you know, who's he going to run into next and have a little isolated adventure. But the, for the me, episodic nature of it, right? Yeah, like if, yeah. That, by that. Yeah, I just meant that like it feels like an episode. It doesn't feel like you're watching like a two uh, four hour movie. Or it's just right, an right. Episode of yeah. TV. Right. OK, gotcha. Which again goes to my point about like how crazy it is that these two episodes are our first introduction to phase four of the marvel cinematic universe like that is so bonkers to me right and not only that but our first introduction to the mcu stepping into disney plus right to being um a television show like this the the way this show starts with these first couple episodes it could only be done as a television show. Like it, it wouldn't be quite the same if these two episodes were the first 20 minutes of a movie, right? It wouldn't be like as good. It would have to be totally like rewritten. <laughs> or, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it works as a movie. Yeah, exactly. It, I, it could, it could have been done, but it just wouldn't, it wouldn't work as well. Yeah. You know? It, it's it's good that it's at the beginning of the show. Like, I, I don't know why, for some reason, I sometimes whenever I was watching, I, I think about this every now and then because, Brett, we also, you were a big Game of Thrones fan uh, as well. But, like, the very end of Game of Thrones, how they spend the last, like, 30 minutes of the show just, like, palling around like it's like season two episode two and you're like no we got fucking 25 <laughs> minutes left man what are you gonna do here like but this show i like the patience yeah 
in this show, which, especially at the start. Yeah. Which did kind of bother me a little bit in the moment. I was a little bit weird about it in the moment because I was like, You're I was like, All right, where are we going to go? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. where, for the plot to kick, where are we going here? But like I, 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 I like, before, I liked it in retrospect, in retrospect, I love it because it feels so, so small compared to how big we get at the end. Right. Like I appreciate it in hindsight when I didn't in the moment. Um, I also wanted to shout out uh, there's like, there's just so much to dig into with these, with these episodes that really recreate these eras because they, there's just so much attention to detail, like the the costumes, the props, they even use like specific lenses and lights from the era. So I, I just think that all of that is incredible, incredible. Yeah. It, it looks like the that we have all different writings, all bunch of different people on the writing staff, but the same guy who wrote the pilot and the finale. Those are the only two episodes he wrote. Oh, yeah. Jack Schaefer. Oh, yep. it's a it's a lady. Jack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so then the next episode is um, the one where she's pregnant. Um, and you know, um, solid episode, some good stuff in there. Uh, I don't really recall too much from that one. That's um, well, I mean, it's that's like, cause it starts in episode two, I believe where vision is starting to like try to unravel what's happening. Like yeah. he like snaps his coworker out of whatever weird trance he's in. Maybe that's even episode one. I can't remember. Um, but like trying to figure out answers cause he can't remember anything about mm-hmm. what happened before they were in Westview, which did make me think like, maybe this show would have been a little bit better for me if vision was more of the central character and we kind of followed him sort of unraveling the mystery a little unraveling bit. Unraveling that like he's dead. Yeah. Like he doesn't exist. Cause cause we oh, yeah. we're not really in his perspective too much at all during the show. There's a couple of scenes here and there, but I don't know. That's, that's just a thought of like, it's you know, hard. It, it would have been better if we didn't already know he was like dead. Yeah. Cause exactly. all, all that mystery is not there. Exactly. But no, but you know, that's just, that's just the thought for me of like how, like maybe it could have been structured a, a little bit better. Um, but I really, I really liked it going to color. I think that, that it was like, you know, really good change of pace there in terms of like updating it, but not fully, you know, he's still keeping that kind of retro vibe and aesthetic. And then episode four is the one where we fully flash back out and see uh, the whole like sword plot line really come that in. the beginning of that episode is absolutely wonderful. I have a lot to say about the Monica Rambo introduction and of how well oh, they yeah, handled that. A, the Geraldine, because that happens at the end of three where she gets like fucking like cast out mm-hmm. of West. Well, that's that's really fun, heads. too. Yeah, that at that moment when Wanda realizes this isn't one of her characters and she's like Ultron killed Pietro. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun moment. A bit of fan service there for sure. Um, yeah, this this fourth episode, I do agree. The beginning is is pretty phenomenal, like seeing you don't know what you're mm. looking at 
and then you slowly realize that it's Monica like materializing, materializing. coming back yeah. in and I was like, like in a hospital and everybody's just like I don't know what's happening right now it's the blip but from like the actual civilian point of view it's pretty jaw-dropping like imagine the leftovers if they just like blipped back in yeah like, oh, what the fuck? exactly overall I didn't really like this episode that much i thought that the writing was really really bad yeah um, i have i have thoughts on cat dennings yeah um. I, I it didn't work for me i i i was this episode for me was like okay yada yada let's get on with it because we it's, needed to establish this more like mcu tie-in to like explain kind of what the outside world is like you know, outside the the scope of of what Wanda and Vision are doing in in the, you know, reality, the television sitcom reality that we've seen the past three episodes, we needed some explanation as to how this ties into the story of the MCU thus far. And this sort of, you know, kind of starts to set that up. Jimmy Woo is nice. Yeah, I love Jimmy. Yeah, love he tries. Him. He really like tries to make that work. But like you're saying you know, with, with Darcy being there and everything, it's like, I'm like, yeah, like let's, let's get on with it. I get it's it. It's very like handholdy. Like it's I very have, much just like to get like the kids back on board who didn't know it was happening. Like, all right guys, now let's sit down. Let's take 25 minutes and explain what's going on here. Yeah. For me, if, if there's any frustration when it comes to maybe like what could have been in the theory crafting side, it's, I think the guy's name is Hayward. You know, the guy who's oh, leading sword character. Just it's really so terrible. rough. Yeah, it totally doesn't work. I mean, it's present. You get that question of because at first he says Wanda came in and stole Vision's body. And then you come to find out that she didn't really steal Vision's mm-hmm. body. He's just got this plan going on. And it to me, it was all just really blah. Yeah. Is that bad writing or is he just an unreliable character? Is he? T- <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Is he lying? I mean, that's not a good character. It's like the classic Marvel thing of trying to do a lot of things at once. Yeah, but it's yeah. just like yeah, it does. It's really flimsy. I we- do like I do like Monica Rambeau. Yeah. Um, and I think it's crucial because she's going to be a big, big part of the MCU moving forward. Um, by the end, I did kind of feel like her character doesn't really tie into the core story that much. She kind of disappears a little bit. Yeah. Like they, that, that was, we wanted like uh, some like big character kind of thing moving forward. And I think that she might actually be the biggest character moving forward. Cause she's going to be involved in Captain Marvel too. Yeah. And it, it, this did give me vibes else. a little bit of like uh, Thor having to go take a bath in age of Ultron. <laughs> You know, like <laughs> I got to go set up my own movie over here. You guys have fun. Um, she's great. I think she does wonderful things with her character. Um, I uh, forgot that I was like trying to think. And I just remembered like the weird trippy scene in Age of God. Age of Ultra is a mess of a movie. It's like three hours long. Just I I I, I, I like her. I, I think she's good. I think that um, I like uh, Tiona Paris uh, who plays her yeah a lot yeah yeah she's she's talented and again you know my point about vision applies to her too like it would have been cool to have her be the main character of the show you know uh obviously the way we start the show is really neat with you know being fully into this sitcom reality but 
it would have also been cool to see the the version of this show that is fully in Monica Rambeau's perspective and we enter right. this world through her eyes a hundred percent. That's not what we get. Um, I, I, I want to give credit to Elizabeth Olsen for, I mean, just taking on the role and like really nicely, like she keeps you interested, but she doesn't necessarily demand your full attention. And it does let you focus on those other characters. Right. Because she really is the main character, but you're kind of asking like, is her and vision, right? WandaVision is the main character, right? I yeah, sound like yeah, a fucking yeah. idiot, but that's like how I felt coming out of it. She kind of did it really tastefully. She plays Not a lot over of different at all. She plays a lot of different characters inside of this character, yeah. doesn't she? She plays she plays like a sitcom mom and wife in all of these different eras and she plays like this evil sort of witch that is like imprisoning this town and she plays like the hero of the story that saves and the day. like a woman who's like stricken with Deep severe grief. grief. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of complexity to the performance and I don't think she really like cracked at all. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the biggest feats of the show is her performance. And it it's not a showy performance. It's not like a give me awards performance or like, she's not like, really flexing for attention with her skills or anything like that. But the fact that she's asked to do all of these like wildly different facets of this person and still have it feel like the same character throughout the whole thing, I think is pretty phenomenal. Yep. Yeah, I, uh, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, I just, I, I liked the incorporating the world of uh, Westview with the outside world a lot better in episode five than I did in four. On a very five special is, episode. Five is definitely a more well-rounded episode because I, I thought, I thought four was just like, I feel like four almost should have come out like with another episode Cause it seemed like a thing where it's just like, we're just going to spend a week of just like trying to figure out like, okay, what's going on here. Why did she create this? Why mm -hmm. what's, what's her motivation. And like, it just a lot of exposition. It was, just, it, ooh, yeah. it was a whole episode of exposition. It's really deliberate. You know, they, they put that in a very specific spot, you know, not to have that at the very beginning, not even the second week. Then they give you a little bit of that to make sure you don't really lose focus but they still wanted to have all that stuff. But I mean, we got to talk about and since we're like over to episode five now, the end of episode five, which might be like the biggest television mindfuck I could think of in hindsight, maybe not so much and what it actually means, but the recasting of Pietro, like, what do you guys think about? Yeah. That? Fucking Evan, Evan Peters Evan from Peters. the Fox. That was, that was a very deliberate move that we're just like, we're going to get the guy who played Quicksilver before, but he's not actually Quicksilver. Yeah. The, the episode as a whole, I think is, is fine. This is the eighties episode. You know, I wasn't really the biggest fan of like 80 sitcoms, but I think a lot of people, you know, were more, uh, attached to, um, you know, things like, uh, I don't know. I don't need, is it like what family matters? I don't, yeah. I don't even know what, what it's. I was more to, of an, uh, a 90s. Exactly. Kid. Which is why six might be like my favorite one, but the, the, the episode itself is, is, is pretty good. You know, it starts to, you, you know, show, show the weirdness a little bit. It's 
plants a little bit more of those uh, uh, Agatha Harkness seeds a little bit with Catherine Hahn. Uh, first time we brought up Catherine Hahn, who's great throughout all these little yeah. tidbits here as as we start to like kind of unravel like what that character actually is. And 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 she's just like really having fun with the character. Um, and uh, the the babies, the babies are growing up in this one. And then, yeah, at the end, uh, who rings the doorbell? It's your crazy uncle Pete uh, Pietro uh, now played. Not by Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson, but Evan Peters. And then we, yeah, we end the episode and then we get a week of theorizing. And there were some people who um, had spoiled this for themselves with some leaks because there was like some casting leaks. Uh, but overall, this was like a massive, massive surprise. I, that's that's the sort of that's the trauma that happens to me. That's the death of <laughs> the death of vision for me that has me spiraling into theory crafting because yeah. you can't just fucking do that, you know? Yeah, I, I you can't. I it's, so you can, but I I just like I didn't even really care if it's like uh, it's like fake Pietro stuff like that. I just hated the way that uh, it was that they made a fucking dick joke in the, the last end. episode. I was just like, I, I think what <laughs> I think that I think that the way the show was presented with it being this, you know, reality warping sitcom within a within a TV show type of thing. I think the way with that being established, I think it works. And I think that it allows them to have a little bit of leeway as like what exactly it means to have Evan Peters playing Quicksilver. Obviously the main thing that we jump to is like, okay, X-Men are in, you know, Fox mm -hmm. X-Men universe are officially. And also like the fact that we know that the, that the next Dr. Strange movie is called the multiverse of madness and that there's all of these Spider-Man three rumors of Tobey Maguire and Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx and like all these things, like that's where our theory brains go. But in the context of the show, it doesn't, you know, there's, there's some flexibility with what exactly this actor is doing, playing um, the version of, of the character that, he was playing in a different franchise, but in this franchise was played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. And then he got shot. And now here he is it, alive, played by this other actor. And it's like, it, at the end of the day, it kind of feels like this meta dad joke that Kevin Feige is making. Yeah, for sure. Because it doesn't like really have, nod. yeah, it doesn't have any of that extra significance. Like I, I had a friend who I was talking to this show about and they were frustrated with that. You know, they were okay with everything else. But um, when it came down to that and it not really meaning anything, they're like, well, you kind of just like shit in my mouth a little bit, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I which I understand. But I, I like Evan Peters, you know, just to have Evan Peters on the screen is kind of yeah, a that's, blast. Fine with me. Well, yeah. that's why the next episode, episode six is is my favorite episode of the whole show. We get Malcolm in the middle opening. Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm in the middle, full on <laughs> Malcolm in the middle episode with Evan Peters as like a main character whizzing around and these two little boys one of them is 
not great. The other yeah, one, yeah, the one is of awesome. them is is not very good. Well, the, the one that was they don't in, give them any lines. The one that's in Haunting of Hill House is really good. Yeah, that the one that has lines. Yeah, yeah, he is awesome. Wicked. I yeah, I hope that he sticks around. The other one, yeah, whatever. I'm glad that they didn't really give him that much to do. But the one that they do give a lot to do, I think he was phenomenal. He's like talking to the camera, just like. Uh, uh, Frankie Muniz in Malcolm in the Middle and just the again like all of these episodes that are in this sitcom reality are trying really really hard to like replicate the look and the feel of these shows this one was the one that like really kind of knocked me back a little bit because I was like whoa I did not expect you guys to do fucking Malcolm in the Middle and to do it so well and so accurately with like the weird funky music and the crazy like intro uh and just the the style and and the feel of it the costumes are like it's like a halloween episode too so everybody's dressed up Mm -hmm. um and it's also it's i had so much fun with it yeah and i also think it's the most fun when it comes to vision exploring what's really going on yeah going to the outskirts and seeing like agnes which now we know she was like acting but still seeing her like just out there like broken (laughs) yeah Yeah, the other the other the other um people that are like almost like zombies they're they're like like the fucking simulation is breaking for them yeah this this idea that the wi-fi signal only extends so far (laughs) and i mean these poor people that are being tortured jesus christ like terrible terrible mental torture these people are fucked for the rest of their life this yeah, is yeah, super I, traumatic. Their memory, was, their memory is retained. So I was gonna say, like, about uh about this, like I feel like MCU, I don't think that they will do this because I think that they spent so much time trying to make Wanda a sympathetic character, but they could very easily turn her into a villain because uh this is like psychological warfare that they're wreaking. No, yeah, I think she people. is. Yeah, I think she's. I was going to talk more about that later, just in kind of like post. I know that comic questions. lines have had her as both. Like comic lines have had her as a hero and yeah. a villain. Well, so. she she started as a villain, and I think that's where she's at right now. I think she has going into Doctor Strange. We have, too. yep, we have very clear motivations for her. Um, we're very in tune with her grief, what happened to her, why it hurts. Like we kind of felt that pain with her through this show. So she can kind of be like a big bad later on. And we also know that she's stronger than Dr. Strange, which I'm cutting forward a little bit here, but you know, they, Catherine Han lets us know that the Scarlet Witch is stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm -hmm. So if they duke it out, when they duke it out, Strange is going to have a party. Shit. shit, Shit's going to get rocked. Um, A couple other things about episode six that I loved is, um, you know, there there's this moment where there's like the the kind of Halloween pumpkin party that the, the town is having. And uh, uh, Evan Peters or Pietro, uh, Uncle Pete <laughs> gets to have a chat with Wanda. And it's such a well-written scene mm-hmm. because it, it rides that line of like still playing into the whole sitcom thing but also like exploring the larger uh situation at play here and um you know obviously we know after the fact that he's being like mind 
warped by Agatha, but at the time we don't. And he's just kind of like checking in with her and being like, Hey, what's going on? Why are you doing this? Like we all know that uh, our buddy vision's not actually uh, with us. Uh, so what what's going on here? Like, why are you, why are you doing this? How are you doing this? All this kind of stuff. And, and those are questions that we're asking because it hasn't been revealed to us yet. So they do a really good job at like tiptoeing into like having some questions answered without like grinding to a halt the the magic of like the Malcolm in the middle episode that's kind of playing out here. Right. Also, right. One other thing I want to say is this episode is my favorite commercial break. The, the yo the magic gogurt thing. Dude. The kid's just like stuck. Man, that's that's wild shit. He can't open he can't the, open, he just dies. That was horrifying. <laughs> I love the fucking claymation behind it. I, I loved all of heavy that. 90s energy. Yeah. Oh. And then the episode concludes um, with Vision like pushing himself outside of the hex. And this whole sequence, like my jaw was kind of on the floor during this whole thing um, because he's like pushed himself out, but he's like falling apart. Um, cause he can't, you know, he's part of the hex. Um, so he can't like leave it. And then Wanda like pushes the boundaries of the hex further out. And the people are like trying to like drive away from it to escape it as is extending out. And that whole, that whole like ending sequence, I was like kind of on the edge of my seat, you know, kind of being like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. It's that sense of like, what's going to happen? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't yeah, know what's going to happen next. When it, when it comes to the external storyline, you know, kind of what, what's really important in the grand scheme of things, it really raises the stakes because yeah. the, the threat, the threat is reserved to this little area. And suddenly you're like, wait, could she like envelop everything? Yeah. She can do that. All she's trying to do is save vision though. She's just trying to keep him within the bounds of it, but there's right. all of this collateral damage that comes because of it. Yeah. Um, Create a little circus. Yeah. A little circus that we get to see in the next episode, episode seven, which I felt was like a real like down note from the highs of that. I didn't know episode. how you felt on it because I know you were a modern family guy back in the day. I was never really a modern family. It does. Person, it so. does the modern family thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, I mentioned this at the top, but like, it doesn't do anything beyond replicating the thing. Right. You know, they don't, 100%. They, don't really, they don't really do like the jokes aren't that great. They're just kind of like recreating the vibe of it. Yeah, it doesn't even get because Modern Family kind of has like hijinks that tie everybody together. That's what yeah. it's really good at. And this doesn't do that, but it makes up for it with. So there, there's this whole thing of I guess it's like vision with Darcy and they're trying to get back to the middle of the hexagon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's oh, all yeah, these the like things yeah. that are stopping them. But I love when he gets a talking head. And then he realized he's like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I can fly. <laughs> talking. I can fly. I have stuff to do. I, I really like Paul Bettany. Paul like Bettany. He, he's so charming. He never guy. annoyed me. He never made me feel like he was being misused. He never made me feel like, like he was in a different show. Like they really used him well. And you know, he doesn't like his character doesn't have as many different 
uh, facets as Juan does. He's not like tricking people or, or, or putting up an act or anything. Um, but he still has a lot to do and he does it really well. Like he's, what is he, what is the, the comic accurate term? He's a, he's a, like a synthesoid or something. Yeah. There you go. Something like that. Can I call him a robot? Is that insensitive? Yeah, No, you could call him a robot. (laughs) He is a robot. (laughs) And yes, it's insensitive. Well, there's great at it. No matter what the writing is like for that character, it's really, you, it's still really difficult to act because he is a robot and you need it, but he, I still think he makes it work, right? He shows just a little bit of emotion that you would believe that a robot who is really advanced might be able to achieve. Mm-hmm. I still struggle with it a little bit, but Paul Bettany does a really great job. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. He started out just voicing Jarvis in the first Iron Man movie. Yeah. Just jumping into a recording booth with Favreau and like shooting some lines around. And now he has to like put on like 16 hours of makeup every day. <laughs> awesome. So then episode eight. Oh, by the way, the end. I There's so many great ends to these episodes. Like yeah. even if I'm not they like know I do high. A yeah. Like if I'm not high on the episode, the end is like, oh, like the this seventh episode ends with her um, finding Agnes's like witch yeah, layer finding in the out basement. Agnes is Agatha Harkness, which was like so that was, cool. That was like one of the earliest of fan theories. People were just like, "It's Catherine Hahn, Agnes. That's that's yeah. Agatha Harkness." And again, you you nerds out there, uh, it's okay if you figured it out early on and it <laughs> turned out to be true. That doesn't mean that the show failed you. Because you already had called it from the beginning and it didn't do anything beyond that. That's called a setup and a payoff. That's what storytelling is. But you also need to be okay with the idea that all of these references could just be Easter eggs. Because we could have gone the whole episode or the whole series where her name is Agnes and it didn't turn into Agatha Harkness. Yeah, right. we have plenty of stuff like that. People will be disappointed if they guess correctly, and people will be disappointed <laughs> exactly. if they guessed incorrectly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking nerds, man. Well, we get full. <laughs> they're on- saying we're doing like a two-hour episode about <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking Wandavision. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking well, nerds, am I right? <laughs> we uh we get this like awesome layer um in the basement which i think looks so cool like the yeah. it, they really built that set you know mm. i oh man it, it looked dope and then we get the um the agatha all along song at the end yeah. which is just a great kind of button on it and uh it's a certified banger certified it's like, banger. it was number one on itunes yeah <laughs> people funny. on tiktok were like remixing it um and then the next episode is a full-on flashback sequence. Um, yeah, she this... takes us through all of the big uh, moments of loss and sources well, of before, grief and trauma. Before we get there, I had a ton of fun in with the Salem witch trial. Yeah, where it it's shows like the cold yeah, open the start of yeah, yeah, where we get Agatha's backstory. The effects are fantastic. Mm-hmm. My gosh, like we, you never get effects like this. In TV shows. I mean, look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, what the fuck effects do we get in that show no, compared to this? You know? Mm. And it plays really, really well. I just have an absolute blast watching this stuff. I, I totally believe it. 
And I love the way it gets tied back into the show later as well. And it really leans into the more like fantasy side of the MCU, which hadn't really been explored. I mean, it, it was teased a tiny little bit in Thor kind of introducing mysticism, but then they didn't really like take it that far. And then once Dr. Strange came into the picture, that's when it was like, okay, now we actually have like magic. Um, And now this is like really, really leaning into it, um, which I think is great because it just adds another bit of texture to the overall um, world here that that they've established in the MCU, um, we yeah, started what, out with clanking metal in the cave in Iron Man, <laughs> and now we're we're with witches. We got magic. Like what <laughs> what I want what I want is the concepts that further remove me from real life, mm-hmm. and that's what this does. That's the yeah. texture you're talking about. Like when I when I go to play video games after a long day of work. I don't want to play goddamn Call of Duty. There's mm-hmm. so many guns in the world and people dying to guns. Like, why would you want to do that in your video game? I want to like shoot fireballs and stuff. It's very woke of you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. I, so I will say episode eight, I think is my least favorite episode. And I think a lot of that is because I'm ready to talk. We got to talk about Hayward. We got to talk about Josh Stamberg. Um, <laughs> This is just, I think that he's, I did not, I don't, I haven't seen any of his other work, so I don't want to judge him as a person. I thought his acting, this was bad. I thought the character was awful. Like, what was his motivation? Like, I I could not fuck it. He's just like, I'm in charge of sword now. And I don't like that this person has power. So I'm going to kill them. And everybody around them is like, no, like they're a person. We can like talk about it. He's like, no. I'm going to kill them. I just like, I, I hated this. Yeah. Or, and not in like, not in like an antagonist, like, Oh, you love to hate him. No, I just like, I just, this character, I was filled with disdain for him. Ernie, do you have like anything on that? Like to expand on that? Or is it just really that flat? Um, I was hoping that they were going to do something more interesting with Hayward, like really like make him ham it up or something. Like, yeah, he isn't even like, a, like I would have been happy if he was like, like over the top villain yeah. or something like he's having fun in the role but yeah i it just i don't know what they could have done like he's may, just like they, a may, different show yeah, i thought just, what i what i thought and what i was kind of hoping would happen whatever i'm a nerd is that yes we had agatha who's you know pulling some strings but that there's an even bigger bad mephisto yeah maybe mephisto or nightmare whatever it was and that's kind of who hayward really is right and there's that that would have been kind of neat um, I, I don't know if, if the story really needed that, but in terms of like what they could have done with the character, that would have been kind of interesting. You know, we've had instances of the MCU doing things kind of like that, like kind of what they did with the Mandarin in Iron Man three, um, uh, Ben Kingsley mm-hmm. being like this menacing villain that turns out to be this paid actor. That's just like masquerading in front of everybody while guy pierce is the real villain so they they've like done things like that in the past so they could have you know they could have like retraced some of those steps a little bit um it just seems like that actor and that character like really doesn't it doesn't go anywhere at all it's it's a setup to white vision um it's just a way to get there 
And yeah, and it was it was all really perplexing. They could have done the entire show without him, exactly. without any of that stuff. Yeah, I just don't know why his character existed. Like, it, was that supposed to be like the like the fake big bad? Because I was never threatened by this dude once. Like, maybe maybe he's a uh, scroll. He, he has no, no he has no special powers to him. So I'm like, if Wanda wanted to, Wanda could just like fucking like snap you in half. Like she doesn't even have to think about so, it. Like I'm not threatened by you as an antagonist. So I don't even like consider you anything. You're not a character. Sword in the comics is a major player. Um, they're like space shield, yes. essentially. So they needed to establish sword for phase four because right. it's gonna it's gonna play in somehow. And the fact that we saw um Nick Fury in space at the end of Far From Home is is going to tie into it somehow. And they couldn't have Nick Fury be the leader of of Sword. So they just needed somebody to kind of fill that void. And the best they could come up with is this empty suit right um but the episode i think i think it's a solid episode i i i liked revisiting uh you know these moments from um uh ultron and shield and you know kind of recontextualize them and and see them more from wanda's perspective um the the moment with the bomb hitting the Sokovian apartment that they're in and they're like watching Dick Van Dyke as the bomb hits and their parents die. Like that's some hammy shit, but it works, man. It, it just, it just works. What, what really gives me the chills is, you know, what happens after that? Because my big question, and I think everybody's big question watching it is how did she get here? What happened to her? Because that's a great she, emotional payoff. Yeah. yeah, because she watched she watched Vision die twice, technically, right? Yep. And well, she had to kill him the yeah, first time. She killed him and then he died, which is obviously horrible. She gets snapped away. She comes back. But you know, she's not, you know, she's okay, right? For a little while. But we get to see the what happens after that, which is like absolutely soul crushing of her going to see Vision's body. It's except, so chilling. Yeah, accepting the fact detached. Yeah, that's brutal. She, you know, she tries to read his mind and it's not there, which is Oof. really sad. Got it. So I guess, but right after that, so she ends up with this uh, like letter, which I'm assuming was left for her by vision or something. It's like Where did a, that come from? It's like a deed to a house. Mm-hmm. And, right. And it it's like, like a map. A house and yeah. it had like the, like a note on it from vision, like to like our forever home or whatever so, that it doesn't show like how she got it. I'm assuming it was left I mean, by he's vision. A computer. He's a computer. He can just print it out of his butt. Yeah. 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 yeah, I guess. Did he have it like a timed shit? Like after, after I died, maybe it was already sitting in the car that she just like vaporized back in and was like, where are my keys at? Oh yeah. Let me just hop in this bed. I'm I'm sure that it it was something that they discussed. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. They probably talked about it. Yeah. They probably talked about it and, and planned it together. You know, I'm sure it wasn't like a surprise, surprise. Um, but yeah, I think what keeps the show elevated are some of those key moments of Wanda opening up the hex to begin with. When she gets hit, you really feel when she gets hit with that emotion, when she's standing on the lot of the house she was supposed to have with her family. Yeah, And, and you even, really feel that. Even before that, when you we're flashing back to that bit from Civil War with the whole what is grief but love persevering scene when Wanda's describing 
how she feels her trauma, how she feels that overwhelming sense of like sadness. Um, that is extremely um, unusual for these types of movies to have a scene like that. And that's like one of the triumphs of this show is to slow down enough to have a scene like that play out where she's able to like express the, the deep, deep sadness that she feels. I found it extremely effective. Yeah. I think that that might've been one of my problems watching the show. And I wasn't like watching the show, like expecting the leftovers, but I feel like seeing a lot of reception. I know we're, we're about to get to the season finale, so I can use this as a little bit of a transition into it, but, um, I think that seeing the reception to the show, it seems like everybody else wanted like more, more, more MCU stuff. And I thought I wanted more of the small story. I liked that this was just like, all right, we just had the most colossal shit in the world happen in existence with Thanos. Let's just make this a very small contained story. And it didn't work as well for me personally whenever the show became became more grandiose and you were reminded oh yeah this is just like a blip on the mcu timeline but but again to that point i made earlier like when you look at the entire when you look at all nine episodes i'm fairly certain that there's almost a 50 50 share between the big bombastic yeah, Marvel stuff I think, and the it's smaller because I think that I stuff. wanted more of the smaller emotional stuff and looking like at a lot of people online, they wanted more of the, like the MCU set up for all the future things. That's what and, they, sells, and, baby. and Kevin Feige knew that 100%. He knows exactly what's going on. He probably said, let's 50 50 split it. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to work. I this uh, the show was good for me, if nothing else, to like kind of set like now I know what to set my expectations for for MCU TV shows going forward. That's just like give me at least this much character development. And then mm-hmm. you can also like do the setup and have all these Easter eggs. Let and me else. let me tell you right now, we're not getting deep emotional stuff in Falcon and the Winter I Soldier. Dude, it might just be the two of them just being like really like sad boys about their boy their boy cap being gone yeah they're like know, cap I, is old now he like goes to sleep at 6 p.m we can't <laughs> go out for beers anymore yeah i don't i, don't, I have lesser expectations for that i'm sure it's gonna yeah. be fun but have, we'll get have, to that later i i just hope they kiss <laughs> oh i mean really quick before we move on to the finale we we skipped over the the commercial in episode seven which was the nexus antidepressants oh, that, yeah, that was that's that was my favorite because that's a big setup I mean, just the fact that it's an antidepressant, it was, it's just yeah. really funny. I thought it was like hilarious that they're doing that in, in the face of, you know, the ensuing grief and what all this means for Wanda and her psyche. And then the idea of her being a Nexus being and that just being a really fun Easter egg and what we're going to see later in Doc Strange. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it, a, a Nexus between the different multiverses, right? The different yeah. realities. Um, that was the one moment that commercial where i actually thought that i that i was watching an ad break yeah like you're like like, wait i thought (laughs) disney plus doesn't have ads what am i for a split second i was like oh cool an ad break (laughs) then i was like wait a second (laughs) um yeah so the last episode um the longest one of all of them clocking in at like almost an hour um 
but you know, you knock down the, the, the credits and it ends up being uh, more around the, the 40, 45 minute mark, but still hefty compared to the other ones. And they got a lot to tie up a lot to kind of set up for the future of the MCU and also give us a satisfying conclusion to the whole series. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you think it, it managed to sort of land the ship, so to speak? Does it land uh thesis's boat? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> Doc. It docks. It, it docks. Um, that, I mean, that was my favorite part of the episode. I could just watch Paul Bettany acting across from himself. Uh, yeah. All day, just like talking fucking philosophy. Floating in a library. I'm into that. Um, I have a lot of questions as far as uh, white vision goes, but we can talk about that afterwards. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I didn't love that it ended with a big CGI fight in a red sky. Um, I, what are you going to do? I just, uh, you know, I feel like we're, we're past that. Um, yeah, but there, there was a couple of layers to it. I did really like, it wasn't always, it didn't always have the red. No, backdrop. no, no, it didn't. It was just like the big, like the final punches were thrown there. And I was like, Hey, at right. least they were, they were, there isn't a magic. big beam in the sky. That's the only thing I can say. They're casting spells at each other. That yeah. The stuff, cool. yeah. What, what I, I really, if we're going to have magic, I want to feel that magic. Like yeah. this is, this is such a weird, like non sequitur, but like looking at the last airbender movie and you know how you felt like the bending Jesus was really Christ. weak, yeah, <laughs> you know? And so it, that made you feel especially Mom, bad like about 45 it. dudes lifting a pebble. <laughs> so, so we get to see like Wanda throwing a car, like a red car at her with the whole wizard of Oz thing. That That's was really cool. fun yeah. for me. I loved watching like vision V vision, uh, mm -hmm. you know, fighting each other, the actual yeah. fighting portion before they're like, conditional phasing computer each battle. Other. Yeah, that was fun. You have because you get to see a little bit of white vision learning from regular vision leading up to the memory transfer. So that all kind of makes a little bit more sense. I really enjoyed that. And then there's yeah, there's the the big face off um at the end and and um it all sort of climaxes and and uh she has to say goodbye. Um and we all knew that kind of this, it had to end in the hex being uh, undone and her kids and vision disappearing. Um, it didn't have to end like that, but in the context well, it, of the show, that's how it should and was supposed to end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, cause what, what's the alternative? Like she keeps a small hex around <laughs> that house and then they're just trapped in that house forever. Well, I thought go anywhere. I mean, if we're talking theory crafting, like I, I had a thought that maybe she would, you know, travel to another fucking dimension right then and there with right. her kids or something like that. You know, there, there was options, but this for me, like if we're here and we're doing this right now, like I like actually cried at the end. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a gut punch. They did the whole, have you guys ever seen uh what is it? Spielberg AI. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? Yep. You know, the end of that movie where he gets to spend one more night with his mom. Oh, Hunter's taking his, Hunter's taking his headphones out. I, I'm doing oh, he hasn't seen it before. There. I have not seen AI yet. So, so I, did you hear I the spoiler I just off. gave? No, I just took my headphones off real okay. quick. So that's good. Don't listen to the episode. But anyway, so what we get here is her, yes, yeah, saying goodbye, spending that one last night. That is absolutely soul crushing. It's nothing new, you know, having a set piece like that where you're saying goodbye to someone and they have one last happy night together. But it just well, broke it's, me. 
it's a good moment to end on, you know, to have it be about this family and about this world that she's created for herself and how she has to say goodbye to it. Um, I think that that's, it's, it's, it's a, it's a solid through line of her emotional journey, you know, and to, to confront the, the trauma uh, instead of like trying to evade it. You know, I think that, I think that it really works. Some things that I, that I, I didn't think work. I think that all of the side characters really get completely sidelined here. Obviously we get the Monica Rambo set up with the scroll. Um, but you are right. Uh, I kind of had this thought while watching it and you are right that like, it does kind of feel like she's just there, but it doesn't really tie in like her Rambo. whole thing. Yeah. Rambo. Yeah, with she, that should like, would that play into story, the, the, yeah, the main plot there? Uh, like she gets powers just does nothing jimmy woo is just like just kind of there just to vibe out fucking hayward tries to shoot a kid yeah dear god hayward apparently covid apparently covid uh affected the shooting a lot is what i heard apparently they had a lot of other pieces for the supporting cast uh don't tell that to the fanboys they're gonna be like reed richards got cut from (laughs) wandavision um, and they had to like let some of those threads go because the pandemic hit and they, they just had to focus on their main story. But it does feel like a lot of those threads just kind of didn't really go anywhere. And 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 the supporting characters like didn't get as much of a payoff as I would have wanted. But at the end of the day, it's Wanda's show. I, well, yeah, she was. Story. I hope that Randall Park takes over Sword now. That's what I'm pushing. Oh for. yeah, give me that more Randall cool. Park in the MCU. Well, and right. if, if we're kind of if if we're talking about the side characters and the way that they feel really shoehorned in, you know, that's maybe kind of the idea, right? Because you have this hex and this like show within a show, and they're kind of purposely shoehorned in, right? She literally shoehorned herself into the show. So, I have some I have some thoughts on that. So, she lets these people go. And she keep she they keep the memory of them being held mentally hostage by this witch, right? Because that that scene where she like breaks all of the their their uh, hex and they like come back and they start like crowding around her and then she puts them back. That was so terrifying. Like that was really effective to to see like the direct consequences of her actions in that moment. And they're all like turning on her. But at the end of the show there, Wanda doesn't really have any consequences of what she did. Well, I think them. So if she just kind of snapped and removed all those dark memories from those people, it would have been a little bit too easy. They go back to their lives like, Oh, la 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 la. But them having remembered that this horrible impact that she's had is just helping us helping them to plant the seed in our minds of her being a villain moving forward for at least a little while. I think that's the biggest thing because we, we as an audience cannot, it's, it's an extremely difficult ask to say that she is redeemed after doing this. Right. That is a, there's a horrible thing that she has done. However, we love her so much because of this story that we've just been through with her and we feel so bad for her. 
but right. we still, we still, they still need to make sure that we know that she's strong. We know her motivations and she's going to maybe do whatever it takes to get what she wants. Yeah. So on the flip side, so I, I have questions about white vision. So he got all of his memories, uh, WandaVision vision, like transfer all of his memories <laughs> to white vision. And so he has the memories, but does he have like the ability of emo- for emotion? Like it's, he just kind of takes the memories and he's just like, okay. And then flies away. <laughs> and we don't see like, yeah, And he's just gone. And we're like, so what's, right. what's going I, on? Yeah. Are they going to get like, to is Wanda just going to be like, let's try this round four this time with vision. Let's see if I can make it work this time. Well, if, if you know the destination, when it comes to something like this, it doesn't really matter how you get there. Because you could say like, oh, he needs the Mind Stone to be a real person or just having the memories have allowed him to develop into a real person. Like he's so advanced, you know, to me, that doesn't really matter. I want to watch a like a 10 episode miniseries that's just like Paul Bettany just with himself, like learning empathy. It's just it's just Paul Bettany, like acting, just like going out in the wilderness and like learning to like talk to animals. (laughs) I hope that um I hope that um what's it called um Hayward uh put some sort of fail safe on that vision because now there's just a Do you think rogue James Spader James Spader's gonna come back and uh take it for again? No, well is no. he just gonna go fly and like float by the sun and like think for a little while until he gets back. Oh, he's going to go Dr. Manhattan. Holy yeah. Is he shit. like, like soup, like Superman hibernation, Dr. Manhattan, Mars. Cause oh, at this point God. now he's vision is now a sticky note in a writer's room that can yeah. be pulled for yeah. something. Right. Exactly. And Which I'm is not part even of the fun of this whole thing is like at any point they could bring him in, you know? Sure. And I'm happy about that, but I'm literally not even going to think about it. You know, because yeah. it's so inconsequential now. We got so much vision. We got so much Wanda. It's like kind of as much as I liked watching this, I really enjoyed the fleshing out the characters. It's already time to move on. You know, we'll get more I of them like later. That, I like that. Like right now, there aren't any plans to make a season two of this. Because one, like, I don't even know what they would do. But two, like, I just like that this was at the end of the day, a confined story. It was like, no, this is, this is the story for this, but like, just for this arc, we are going to have like, up oh, Wanda, Wanda got upset again and made another, <laughs> she's still in the hex and we got another nine episodes to see what antics she gets into now. Right. Like, we're, I, no, there's no way we're getting a season two of this. No, it, no, no way. I mean, we'll, we'll get more Disney plus shows and they we'll might get more of Wanda them, but, and Vision, but the the way forward here is just to keep the the train moving, you know, and this train is going to another station. And I think that's the multiverse yeah. of madness. And I think it's going to be really clear based on what we're seeing now. Of if you remember, I was talking about the idea of we have these big nodes, and then we have the tendrils of the MCU, and it's even more on the nose now because it's it, it's Disney, right? So this, we went into it thinking it could have been much larger, thinking we might have gotten these, at least for me, thinking we might get these big bombshells, whereas they stayed on this through line of grief and emotion. So with the stuff that's coming out, we're, I don't think we're ever going to be surprised. Like we're, It's not going to be like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, Baby Groot, but then they're going to drop some bombshell of Mephisto in Baby Groot's right. show. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's going to be, be in the movies. Yeah, yeah it's going to be in the movies. Yeah, that's that's totally. Yeah, I definitely see yeah. that. 
I have a couple of, of stray notes here that I wanted to touch on before we wrap up. So going back to Monica real quick, um, I really like the scene where she like powers through the hex yes. and gains the powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, visually, I thought that was like really, really well done. Just the look of it. And on a character level, like it, it's it's a good moment for her. Like, again, I feel like her journey is playing out like very, you know, separate from Wanda's journey. Um, and I don't think that the show does enough to like really like overlap that as much as they could have. There's some instances here and there, but going into, you know, Captain Marvel two or wherever we see her next, we now have a really good uh, foundation for who she is, what she's been through and uh, what kind of person she is and what she's willing to do to right. kind of like, uh, you know, do the right thing, be a hero, all that good stuff. It was all very holistic. They hit all the notes they needed to uh, to make sure she was fully introduced. So when she appears in a movie, we're, we're good to go with her. Right. Yep. She's in the chamber, exactly. you know, and, and yeah, I agree that the sequence of her getting the powers looked incredible and also felt right because of the fact that she had been like in and out of the barrier multiple times. So you would believe that she would push through. You believe Enough that she could have planted. Yeah. You believe that she might have this Captain America level of willpower to help push her through, you know, what does she have to lose? And you believe that what's happening is still important to her, even though there's not as much overlap as you would like. Also a significantly better outfit for Scarlet Witch than her just like walking around with like a trench coat and jeans, which was her main look before in the other Marvel movies. Now she's got like the fucking like the Scarlet Tierra and shit. She's just like, oh, okay, yeah, you actually look like a Scarlet Witch now. Which we even say that like, I guess I just hadn't even like processed in my brain that despite everyone knowing her as Scarlet Witch, nobody had actually called her Scarlet Witch until this. She's like, no, I'm not the Scarlet Witch. And I'm like, wait, isn't that what your list is on like every fucking Marvel movie that you're in? It like was, I, it was, it was always t- Wanda Maximoff. Well, it was, it was a term owned by Fox. Yeah. Quicksilver oh. and, and Scarlet Witch were so they both couldn't copyrighted. Technically- yeah. They were both part of the rights. Uh, I didn't even that realize that. that's crazy, but they could call her Wanda Maximoff. Yep. Yeah, that wasn't a copyrighted. That's so weird. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is even even more of a question mark for for Evan Peters, right? Because they don't call him Quicksilver, um, and they don't even mention like mutants or the X Men with him at all. You know, part of my theorizing was I was hoping to see another another step in that X Men direction, like a Magneto. Or something like that. Well, technically, like I, well, Magneto is, I don't know. I know there's been retcons and things like that, but Magneto's really their father, right? Exactly. Wanda mm-hmm. and Pietro's dad. Exactly. And they really hinted that in the X-Men movies uh, when Michael Fassbender meets um, Evan Peters, there's like some, there's like some little tinges there of, of that being like heavily, heavily hinted at. So I, I, I was hoping to see Michael Fassbender pop up, but you know, obviously like, this wasn't the Evan Peters nope. character wasn't a direct no, connection to just, those movies. Just Ralph Boner. Which, you know, honestly, like it is a stupid payoff, but 
I'm not that angry. I wasn't like angry. I was more just like a yeah, whatever. like it's a dick joke. Because like I, the, I figured by the time we got to episode eight, I was like, yeah, this this probably isn't gonna go anywhere. The X Men, the, the X Men Fox movies are not they're not good. Like there are some some good ones. Like First Class is good. Logan is good. I stand but, by Days of Future Past. Yeah, and I don't ask me to explain that movie because I can't. But it's fun. Um, but there they're not worth like canonizing <laughs> it's it, we need to move on and we need to like reestablish the the x-men and the mutants in the way that uh feige really wants to do it and, I, and i'm sure that he has a plan and i'm sure that they're working on it very very slowly and i think it would have been way too early to do it in the first thing that we see in phase four to go full pedal to the metal with it I think this is a tiny little hint in that direction. And I'm sure that they might pick up this, this thread later down the line. Um, if they want to, that door is open, but I I'm glad that we didn't have a situation here where it's like, Oh yeah, by the way, here comes James McAvoy. Here comes Nicholas Holt as the beast. Like, all right, bring everybody in. <laughs> it would have like, been right. awful. Then, yes, and then I never ever had an expectation that that was going to happen. No, even from the get go, it was the whole Evan Peters thing. I mean, I knew that they weren't going to do that. They weren't going to, you know, bridge over that universe, which made it all that more confusing for me. And is it really just this little fuck you, wink, wink? It would have muddied things, and things are still kind of muddy in a way because it doesn't feel like they really paid it off. In no. the most satisfying way, like they, they they could have done more with it. It's a little. I think it's going to continue to be a little bit of a skid mark on the whole thing in my eyes, just moving forward, um, and just unnecessary. And like I said, as much as I love Evan Peters and what he's able to do with something like this, and what he did with the character was really fun, but you can't ignore it, right? Ralph Boner. I don't even mind that. I think that's fine. The whole Ralph Boner thing. I don't give a fuck about that. Just the I, fact I told that, I saw that episode. And I told my kid, you're not allowed to watch the show anymore. It's <laughs> too vulgar. Yeah. It's just very, it's very I deliberate. Told my, I told my 17 year old son, you are not allowed to watch the show anymore. <laughs> you're, you're just, you're just a little more disappointed with the fact that it didn't do any multiverse stuff. Brett, right? No, it's not even that. I just think they shouldn't have cast him to begin with because there was never going to be a multiverse thing here. It's just, but it's I, just. I think there still could, could there still be? No, there's no, there's no, no, not with Evan Peters. No, not at all. Well, now they can't because he's a different fucking. He's Ralph Boner. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> made him just, Ralph. You Boner. can't just bring him back and do something else because then that's even more of a middle finger to everyone. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have worked. Messy. If we're because we're getting like we're right at the end of the show. And when it comes to theory crafting, you know, the whole Mephisto thing, maybe it was nightmare. You know, they they could have just made it so Evan Peters was Mephisto incarnate or nightmare incarnate. And that would work as just this level of him fucking with Wanda. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I don't know, it for for me, the whole Agnes thing, he he's just there. He's just Ralph Boner, and that's what it's always gonna be. Uh, my other note was, uh, about Agatha and I was thinking about, you know, these, the last two episodes of the show, it really takes a turn to like, she's the bad guy. Agatha 
is the villain the billy eilish yeah and the bird boy um, <laughs> i'm the cat for Nahan. um so i was thinking about that and i was thinking about like the fact that like it's extremely obvious through the way she's the, they do her makeup and her costume and like the way she's acting and everything it's like extremely obvious but when you just think about the story being told and like the plot beats and the information that's given to us there's not enough there for it's me not, to yeah. think that she's the bad guy because yep. like we need more Catherine Hahn. Like, I don't know why she wasn't in more like that should have been more. She should have been like third build pretty think, much for I, it to like have a better, more satisfying payoff. Yeah, I, I think, think they definitely could have had her be in it more. I think what she does have is, is amazing. I think yeah, she's so, Hahn. so good in it. <laughs> but in terms of like the pivot to her being the villain, I was thinking like it's it's the how the show does it it's it's not as like it's not as clean as i would have wanted it to be i guess what i'm trying to say is like by the end of the show where we end up um wanda is more of a villain than agatha mm-hmm. agatha is just like trying to figure out where this extreme source of magic came from and she's even trying to help the people of Westview. Right. Yeah. Break she doesn't, out of yeah, the hex. Yeah. She doesn't really care about them, you know, getting hurt or anything. She does. It's inconsequential to her. She just wants that power. She wants the, yeah, it, she wants the power and she wants, she even offers to like help Wanda, like right the wrongs of her incantation so that she's not hurting people yeah that's why for that reason it's like a little bit disingenuine when like by the end of the episode she's like doing like maniacal villain laughing and you're like what what why when did this happen and she traps her back in a sitcom character yeah another whole question so everybody else is normal but she just thinks that she lives in like 1950s westview it's like sure i guess she's she's a witch and you're punishing her for wanting that power of the of the witch um but i didn't i didn't get enough from the dynamic to to really like buy that like um agatha was the bad guy and wanda was the good guy in the situation yeah which is why i was anticipating there being like a bigger bad at the end of everything exactly it didn't it didn't fly with there wasn't enough steam in the engine for that to really hit home at the end, just like you're saying. Yeah. So, you know, overall, I, I think that the show really started to, to Peter up towards the end and all of these things. Uh, I, I, maybe you can chalk it up to COVID. Cause I, I have heard in some interviews that they did kind of have to scramble to, to finish the show when the pandemic hit. So there might be some things that they did kind of just have to cut a little bit of corners in terms of like getting to the conclusion um, but overall, I thought the show was great. I really enjoyed it every week. Um, I, I didn't think I wasted my time in it. And like I said at the beginning, the the biggest thing about it is that it, it got me to care about these two characters. Yes. And that final scene um, with her saying goodbye to Vision, it, it they they got me. It was a very emotional moment. 
the robot cries, I cry. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I, I the there was that last stinger of Wanda reading the uh the book of spells. yeah we we got it we got to talk the voices of the twins so that's that's to me like the bst off like yeah she's gonna be in multiverse of madness yep. like just right yeah to she find is kids that so with with that scene because we have two post-credit scenes with with that one you know she's very much purposely putting up a facade you know of you know her fake the fake wanda outside drinking coffee and then you have the astral form of wanda inside reading the dark hold mm-hmm. and it's it's clear you know this is a sort of book that would be you know protected by the sorcerer supreme but this doesn't look like any of those other books you know this looks older this clearly is much more dark and she is she's learning some shit dude you know so it's going to be Can't really wait. fun eventually when we see her again and she comes out of nowhere and she is just unreal powerful so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, but this other, the, the little uh, Monica Rambo scroll post credit scene, what do you think about that? It's, um, it's Captain Marvel 2. It's uh, what, Secret Invasion, perhaps? Yep. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I'm, I'm game for whatever yeah. at this point, you know? I was going to ask you guys. So I know I feel like we're all pretty lukewarm on Falcon, the Warrior Soldier, which is, by the way, it's coming out next week. I don't know if you guys do. It's that short of a turnaround. Oh, March wow. 19th. Yeah. It comes out a week from Friday. Um, and right. It says it's only six episodes. Oh, which damn. is I'm, sure. I'm down for that, especially yeah. if it's shorter runtime. I'm all for that. Um, are there any other Marvel TV shows that you guys are excited about a lot of them are are really really far down the line like moon knight is moon knight gonna be like 2022 or 2022 or 23 like it's right now it says 2022 is moon knight and she hulk um I'm really like secret I'm, invasion is TBA Ironheart, armor wars dude series wars, all TBA bro. armor wars I could not care less about <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest with you I think Don Cheadle is like can I please get out please <laughs> I'm an actor like I I'm like an Academy Award nominated actor <laughs> so what am I doing here when, when it comes to all that stuff let me let me tell you what uh, on two fronts first let me tell you what I'm worried about so a lot of what we've had up to this point, the first few phases going back to even like the first Avengers film is we have these tentpole characters, Thor, Iron Man, Cap, Hulk, that you just, even before the movies came out, these were the Avengers. And, you know, now they're starting to go away. We've already lost Iron Man. We've already lost Cap. Um, what is it going to mean for the MCU when we don't have these tentpole characters and they're struggling to make Monica Rambeau happen? Well, yeah. I think that I think that the MCU's future is more so going in the Monica Rambeau direction than it is. Let's give Don Cheadle a show. You know who doesn't care about Don Cheadle as kids? Like you got to get like younger people. You have to you have to have like uh, the Young Avengers and stuff like that to like kind of inject some youth into this whole story to get more new fans back on board or at least keep the old fans on board well what's her name in the in the hawkeye tv show um oh uh yeah we have so we're, we're getting all the young avengers right Haley steinfeld mm-hmm. yeah Haley steinfeld's in that i know that hawkeye was your most anticipated uh piece of media that's going to come out this year yeah. Ernest. 
as uh, the biggest Hawkeye stand in the world. When, when Jeremy is that? Renner, you're just a big fan of Jeremy Renner, like as a person, is not that so a much show? as an actor. Is that yeah, one Hawkeye. show? Hawkeye's coming late 2021. I love um, how quickly he so, pivoted from um, murder suicide to uh, Jeep Wrangler commercials. Man, in the course of like six months, we had murder suicide, a failed app, and then Jeep Wrangler ads. Um, so, just uh, for you guys and for the listeners, the 2021 Marvel releases are Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, Loki. Loki which is coming Dude, out June. Loki is going to be so, so interesting. That I was, yeah. I wasn't really like whenever it was announced, I was like, eh, but then that teaser kind of fucking got me. Owen Wilson, and I was like, dude. you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in on Loki oh. now. Um, what if, which was probably the thing I was most excited Animated about whenever the they, time. yeah, it was the thing that I was most excited about whenever they announced these like a couple years ago, just cause every episode is just like, what if blank happened? Yeah. It's the guy actually who's- going full comic booky. The guy who's playing Uatu um, is, is he's he's such a great narrator. I am I am excited for that. Yeah, uh, Miss Marvel is a 2021 release, and Hawkeye. So we still got was that five more projects lined up this year. My what about real Black, question: Black Widow. What happened? Yeah. That? Oh well, that's that's just on the television side. Movies. Uh, there's Black Widow, Eternals, Shang Chi, and, and the Legend of the yeah, Ten Shang, Rings. Shang Chi is like soon ish, right? Yeah, that movie's in the can, I'm pretty sure. That's the thing is like they It's it's right now it's on the books for July 9th. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see if that holds depending on if they have to push back Black Widow anymore cuz Black Widow is right now at May 7th. That's my birthday. Um Happy I know birthday. what I'm be doing if I'm vaccinated. Um <laughs> Hey, we we might be by then. Hey, we're we're so. hitting like forty million vaccinations right yeah, now. Look, like, I, I can I can hope. Biden's remember how quickly he ran on that stage in the inauguration. <laughs> he already that's, got vaccinated. That's, that's how quickly he's running around that's, stabbing people with needles. What is that called? The extremists or like the <laughs> right? And he took a little bit of that. Yeah, but um, so I I had brought up my worries when it comes to the MCU and what it means to be losing the tentpole characters. Right. But then on the flip side, if we are getting the fantastic four and we're moving more into space, are we going to get like fucking Galactus? Sure. You know, what are, yeah. what are these, what are That's these coming. sequences yeah. going to look like? I mean, I know where, you know, Kang is coming, mm-hmm. um, which hopefully is, is just fun to watch, but you know, we had the seriousness of Thanos and you know the, these big stakes on screen. What is that going to look like with Galactus? And how are we going to actually be able to relate without kind of losing interest? Is it just going to look right. really good? I hope so. I hope so, man. As long as long as they continue to push creatively and and try to to wow us and and show us things that we've never seen before, I'll be on board. Because they they have so much uh, cultural cachet and actual like money powering this thing that there's no reason why they shouldn't try to be bold. Yeah, I mean, and this was at least a show that showed they're willing to actually dip their toes in being bold. I mean, the biggest excitement thing for me for Phase Four is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because Sam, Sam Raimi. Raimi is at the helm. Yes. Who not only did he make the Star Wars or the excuse me, um, the Spider Man <laughs> movies, um, but 
he made my favorite horror franchise trilogy ever in the evil dead with the Necronomicon. And if we're going to bring in some dark magic shit with Wanda's side of things, Mm. I I trust fully in Sam Raimi to just do to do justice. Yeah. What, what can he do with like a bottomless pit of money? Basically? Yes. I'm, I'm all in on that to see what that, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yes. The other, the other one this year is uh, Spider-Man three. Uh, no way home. Oh yeah, no there's way four home. scheduled. Yeah, I feel like one of those. Ha- are they gonna really put four movies out this year? Yeah, dude. I I mean, shit. I'm, dude, I'm once once theaters are back, it's gonna be lit. So I have a, the the calendar has just piled up. I have another question for you guys, not just about Marvel, but as for Disney and Disney Plus specifically as a whole, it's not gonna reach the problem this year, maybe not even next year, but what is going to happen whenever there is a new hit star Wars show and a new hit Marvel show that are on the service at the same time. Oh boy. Oof. Like, are they going to purposefully just be like every single week we have either a Marvel or a star Wars, or are they going to like release both of them on the same day and just be like, we own your weekend now. I don't don't, do like a Friday and a Sunday release. I don't understand what the problem is here. That's exactly what they want to do. They want to, I I just, I'm just curious for what's going, what that's going to look like two years down the road from now. I, I think that that, yeah, I'll worry about that in two years because I feel like right now, they're going to be very particular about spacing it out. Like they're going to do like what is happening. What is happening now? Mando two, Mando season two ends. WandaVision starts. Then that ends. And Falcon and the winter soldier starts. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to specifically block them out so that you don't have one competing with the other. But I asked that question because they, there's like fucking like 20 Marvel yeah. shows announced and it, 20 Star Wars. Eventually they're going yeah. to have to butt heads a little bit. But it's, they, they have a lot going for them. Number one, they're never going to make it so they're competing with themselves. And another thing is that some of the shows are going to be only six episodes, right? And number yeah. two, it's not like you're watching it on your television and it's airing at the same time and you're flipping back during commercials. You just go you back and watch it yeah, whenever yeah. the fuck you want. Yeah. yeah. And I think that they can control that with, they don't have to have the Friday drop. That's what I hope that they like they when do they do Sunday that eventually, or... that they just spread out the episodes. Well, just because also just for like, I, for our, internet uh fanboys out there i don't know what they're gonna do if they have to like both talk about uh (laughs) hawkeye and uh baby yoda's absence and mando at the same time yeah there's gonna be some deaths among nerds (laughs) of heart attacks and strokes this is gonna be like i fucking killed myself because i couldn't juggle both star wars and marvel at the same time well the the plan for me is hopefully by the end of 2022 i'll be able to just upload it directly into my brain yes if we'll, the world doesn't end, you'll just like shoot it up and be like, that was enjoyable. Yeah. We won't need <laughs> yes. to watch it. We'll just have it already. It, it, it'll be like, it'll be like, um, like, like, uh, taking a, a bit of aspirin. It'll be like taking like an allergy pill. Like yeah. you just pop it in. It's taking be like, mm, that was good. Yeah. I'll come back next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about it on the pod. <laughs> yeah. And we upload the pod to a pill as well. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I have a question for you guys. If your life, if you had to base your life in what classic sitcom, what would it be? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, 
I feel like friends is a really good one because they don't, I would say friends so that I could just pal around with you guys. Oh yeah. Or they, or, they don't work. They have like yeah. amazing lives and they like never have. And to they have work. the best fucking New York apartments ever. <laughs> they have million dollar New York apartments. They just don't work. Yeah. It's hard to beat that. Um, I don't know. I'm maybe also, I would say uh, Roseanne after they win the lottery, but before John Goodman dies. Mm, okay. <laughs> Maybe just Big Bang block. Theory so I could murder all of them. <laughs> Man, could you imagine if they just had like, if it was pushed out to 10 episodes and they're like, well, now we got to do a Big Bang Theory episode. Yeah. Sure. Vision's like, mm-hmm, one plus one is two. <laughs> it's like how I met your mother, but how I killed your father. <laughs> Holy what shit. A, what about a, like Arrested Development? So I could just like be a part of that wacky family. Do you just want to be a blue? Do you want to be a bluth? That sounds awful. That sounds terrible. How about how about succession and then just cash out right away? Yeah. Brett, I know that you get know. called then Jeremy Strong will look at you, he'll call you a paper hands bitch, and he'll degrade you in front of everybody. <laughs> Brett, I know you would want to be in the office. I know you'd want to work in Dunder Mifflin. Come on. Maybe. Maybe you'd See, be in the I, annex yeah. on RuneScape, <laughs> and then Michael yeah. Scott would be like, "Hey, you got some gold? You still got to go home at the end of the day, making like two dollars an hour." So <laughs> yeah, they can't make money. Friends was the best answer. Yeah. Um. On that. On that note, do you guys have a favorite um intro? We never talked about like the songs. They're all written by like the same like power duo songwriting uh mm. team and they're like a husband and wife um so, uh, songwriting team um do you have a favorite one either like in wandavision yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think either the full housey one um because that air like the shows that i watched as a kid like the reruns or like the malcolm in the middle was just it it like you know tickled some brain cells for sure for sure i like yeah i like that one that one also the full also one also gave me roseanne vibes uh to that 80s uh sitcom one um also i just i really love the 50s and 60s that one like i used to watch tcm and watch like i love lucy and bewitched and stuff like that the so bewitched the, the bewitched, bewitched one, one is awesome that one might be my favorite i, I love that I, I think they did such a good job with that one also just the look of it the design of it the little like bewitched uh cartoon characters yeah. i think looked great wandavision yep yeah uh, all right boys do you think we covered it all is that everything probably not but we've we can we've um, enough we can wrap it up there um maybe we'll have you on again for falcon and the winter soldier maybe if it's worth discussing brett maybe we'll see if you can get um, drew to watch it then i'll come on I don't count on <laughs> you really think if we can get him to watch WandaVision, I can guarantee he's not gonna get up to be like, where's Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie just gonna be kicking around about he might watch Loki. Maybe yeah, he might. Yeah. Loki, yeah. I'm yeah, Loki is gonna be the highlight. I'm so stoked for Loki. I definitely want to come on for that. Yeah. There's so much there's so much going on there, man. Owen Wilson. Oh fuck yeah, dude. Well, thank you for coming on. Is there anything you want to tell the listeners? Anything you want to plug? No, not really right now. I'm just figuring my shit out. I just moved across the country, you know, gold rush style. I'm out in Cali now. I'm a Cali boy. 
Sifting. Really heavy, heavy like quarantine vibes out here. Yeah, so they're taking working. it seriously. Yeah, what's yeah. it like to be in a state that like actually uh, takes a pandemic seriously? Yeah, everybody actually wears a mask. Wow, Amazing. that's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> and like half the cars on the road are electric cars. Oh, yeah, baby. Is that yeah. air? Do you just like breathe a little deeper whenever you walk outside? Just like, ah, oh, that's some good clean oxygen. Yeah, and I get up with a smog in my lungs. <laughs> well, Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you can uh, follow us at we bought a mic on twitter.com. Uh, you can email us at we bought a mic uh, at gmail.com. You can donate. Thanks Brett for donating. You're part of our, um, our holding share controlling share. You're welcome. Estate. Well, um, I do. I do want to say, but before you move on, you know, I'm really proud of you guys. Oh, thank I think you. I think I told you over the chat one time, but you guys are doing a really great job. Like being here at first, the podcast was fun because it was just my best friends. It was like a podcast for me, right? Because it was just my yes. best friends. You guys would like reference me and stuff like that. <laughs> but but now I genuinely think you guys are improving and it's, you know, just in general, very entertaining lots of great conversations. So hats off Thank to you guys. You. Thank you for that. I won't pass on your praise to Drew because he's not here today. <laughs> spread, spread the word in Cali. Just go up to yeah. people in conversation. Do we and be like, hey, a, we'll send you a care podcast. package of stickers just to like litter about everywhere to advertise for us. Go up to people like randomly on the California beaches and be like, we bought a mic. Just be like, hey, hey, buddy, uh, you look like a fan of pop culture. Can I interest you in a podcast? You guys should do a like hand sanitizer with your logo on it. Ooh, yeah. Go around squirting people. <laughs> Just like squirt, squirt, squirt all over them. Right. Um, well, thank you for listening. Uh, stick around for our big old Nicholas Cage series, which starts this week um, with 1987's Moonstruck. And we have so many so many Nick Cage movies that we're going to be talking about and some other things here and there, you know, depending on what comes out, depending on what intrigues us. So stick around, spread the word. Thanks for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.